Hi, guys. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Anna. <laughs> Are you guys more lively? We just, this is take two because we're all so dead <sighs> from the long work day. Yeah, that's true. We are. Especially Trip, he's three Red Bulls in and he still has the face of death, but I don't know if that's the <laughs> normal face or the, the death face. This is my resting face, dad face. face of death. Oh. My, dad face. Yeah, no, it's like, this is actually the, the weird, you know, we've been talking up this remote work stuff, but guess what? This new gig I've got, like I'm covering 10 time zones, everything from Eastern Europe to San Francisco. And in a company that hasn't okay, traditionally Mr. done Big remotes. Wig. No, like the thing is, is to, it's just super crazy. Um, and this is where all of the, the big talk meets reality. It's not so a segue. It's challenging. It, it, <laughs> it's not, You're I'm not giving me a good segue at all. <laughs> it's almost like you need to work on your communication skills. <laughs> there we go, Larry. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm so, sorry, Anna. Maybe, maybe I should go write an article about why I'd love, this is I love harder how than I thought I'm it was supposed to do the intro. There you go. I'm supposed to do the intro today. Gosh darn it, Trip! you're stomping <laughs> all over my feet. I might have to ship you a rattlesnake. <laughs> I want that to be a hashtag so badly. Oh, gosh. Ship you a rattlesnake. Well, today we're talking about personal branding and storytelling and why it is important for the remote world, the future of the workforce. I think we could, you know, quickly kick it off by saying what is a personal brand technically? What if per, what if personal brand is not your brand? It's not on brand for me. I've written an article about this Anna. <laughs> it trips trip, trip How how like how is brand. so how are you defining what is personal how does personal brand actually matter? Like how is this just not shenanigans? I call shenanigans. <laughs> so what is this personal oh brand you speak of? Oh, God. Well, in my world, <laughs> I'm trying to be super happy, but it's like you guys are depressing today. Oh, okay. Hey I, hey, I believe in brand. You know that. Oh, yeah. Like brand is- I support you. I think brand is incredibly important. And how do you define a brand? I mean, to me- what a personal brand is, is somebody who is leveraging their expertise, their voice, and putting it on the forefront so that everybody around them knows that this is what they do, this is who they are, and this is how, you know, legit, professional, cool kid they are too. Um, and it's not, it doesn't just apply to if you're a freelancer or a consultant or a nine to five, like anybody can have a personal brand. What What is this face trip? Gosh, what is this face? <laughs> well, no, because I think like, Okay, so I'm, I'm I'm being provocative. No, I mean the thing is, is that like, uh, you know, can't you just come about, and follow along with me on this? <laughs> no, I'm fo I'm following along, but like, I guess I guess this is our brand, Anna. We we're, we're the controversial. We're, we're, the, we're the two that Trip's don't brand get is curmudgeon. Yeah. Curmudgeonly, no, but like, see, I mean, you're his brand. right, but I also like. The thing about brand is that there's so many people that just throw that word around. And I think like you said oh, something really sure. interesting and important about being like, like, what do you stand for? What do you actually believe? And, you know, that's because there's a lot of people running around, throwing around that word. And it's, oh, that's not on brand for me. Or that's, you know, it's, it's a buzzword. It's just bull. But they're not being authentic. Yeah. That's, that's the difference. I think, I think what Anna's talking about is creating a brand for yourself and it can be think of it as personal brand or professional brand but it's authentically tied to who you really are anyway 
So you're really just kind of putting it out into the world. Now, trying to pretend to be something you're not, that's not fulfilling on the brand promise. So I think that's that's what a lot of us have experienced and we don't like so much. And I think that's why people have a reaction. And to a it. lot of people, yeah, it's very fake too in a lot of ways. But um, well, and, we often- and that's that, yeah, sorry. I mean, like that's, agree, agree with everything you're saying. I think for me, like, and you know, this is potato, potato. I call that ethos. Right, because uh, I think it's it's about who's the essential you, God, right? Tri- so tri- tri- yeah, Mentos? totally on this. I think he's- he said he said ethos, but God, trip. We're oh, not ethos, not, we're not renaming the words for the sake of our audience. Like most people, to to make this pack size and you know a, a thirty minute and under kind of podcast here today, trip is. Um, the general summary is the reason why we want kind of a personal brand, even if you're working for a nine to five, let's just say, is it gives you more leverage in the workforce. It actually helps you get better opportunities as well as bigger paychecks on top of it. If you're known as the person in your field of expertise um, that talks about perhaps contrary things or is a little bit different or has sort of that insider knowledge that everybody in the industry knows, but the outsiders don't, you can really take this and, you know, amplify that voice so that brands and companies and potential consultants and uh, your ideal client, let's just say, I know that's very, what is that industry terminology, they can get interested and hire you and and work with you. And it gives you a better opportunity to, you know, leverage your expertise in a way that doesn't make you pinned down to one particular employer um, or pinned down to a certain sort of sector. Because if everybody knows who you are, you can actually pivot quite easily in different um, situations. Yes. So, uh, yes, Coach. Uh, Larry. I'm, I can't, I'm, I'm, the other I'm one. confusing. <laughs> I, I'm, face I'm the blind. one known as Larry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you get your brand out there? What do you do to define it and kind of embody it? Yeah. So that's kind of like the tricky sauce because if you are, let's say you've been an engineer for the last 10, 15 years, the last thing you've really thought about is kind of packaging this in, in, in a nice Mm-hmm. Uh, digestible way. And in fact, this is something that I'm experiencing currently. I've been, um, I've been in this industry for so long that I've even forgotten the, the basic 101 questions that a lot of people are asking. Like, what, yeah. what is content marketing? What is brand? These are questions that I don't even think about anymore. Um, so how do you leverage a brand or how do you get into your foot into um, emphasizing more of who you are, right? Yeah. The first, I think, starts with getting real clear about who, who it is that you are. And as Trip has written, it's the ethos, it's the values of what do you want to bring to the table? How have you shown up? And you can use um, how you've shown up at work or how you show up with your team, with your clients as a part of a way to craft um, some of these core values that you might have. And then the next step is kind of taking that and emphasizing that in your content and what you're writing about, what you're talking about, mm-hmm. how you're showing up um, in a conference or speaking engagements or a podcast, blog post, and why you want to, co- connecting with like the why you want to be mm-hmm. in this yeah. space in the first place. Like for many people, I feel like they, they're very complacent or they're just happy with the job that they get. But the moment, you know, 
they get the bad boss or the moment that they have a bad experience or they want to do a career transition. Women, especially mm-hmm. if they're having children, they find themselves not able to work the full um, full hours anymore. And so this is sort of uh, future-proofing yourself, uh, especially mm-hmm. in a very mm-hmm. digital world that is completely remote. Trip, you have some thoughts. I always have thoughts. Some of them might actually be relevant and on topic. Uh, So, so, so I agree with everything that you're saying. Uh, But I think like one of the things about the brand, because everybody is slinging it around and they're doing it badly. Um, You know, it's, uh, or not everybody, but many, many people are doing that. It makes sense. It It makes sense. But I, I've done a lot of what you've said, uh, you know, and, and this is stuff that I learned from, from Larry back when I was a client of his. Um, and, you know, you've, you've helped me a lot with this is that people used to say, write what you know. Um, but a lot of times what you know mm-hmm. is boring, right? It's actually like, write no, what you actually, <laughs> well, no, I, let me, let me, let me finish. Write what you care about. Right, write about what you care about and what yeah, you actually yeah, believe, yeah. because I think there's a lot of posturing. Yeah, share your feelings, and yeah. like share part of my beliefs. process, this yeah. is going to be a shocker to you guys, is I actually talk a lot with people about the stuff that's banging around in my head about what do I actually care about, like how am I working through making it really crystal clear? Because that's I think where a lot of people struggle I, with getting that message out there. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a 50, 50. It depends on your personality types. Um, I think it's a 50, 50 because it's, it's more comfortable for a lot of people to write about what they know. Right. But however, what they know, like you said, might be boring. That's the key of, you know, good storytelling because you can take any sort of boring, you know, day to day. I went to the supermarket and the tomatoes were expired and turning turn that into like a fun adventure that anybody can get behind and can relate to, you know, what you what you might find boring is sort of what I'm pulling out, uh, of a, of somebody who can't see outside of themselves and who cannot see those, those little tedious quote unquote stories. Right. And writing what, you know, I think is a, a much more comfortable place for a lot of people than writing what they care about because, um, writing what they care about is kind of, you're putting yourself a little bit vulnerable. And if you've never done this before, writing what you care about can just seem so scary because it, it can literally mean, sure. yeah. you know, people are disagreeing with you for your politics or whatever you might be caring about. And it's dangerous yeah. territory, you know? So that, that, that's an, that's a really great point. And, and I think maybe I can give an example, right? So, you know, I've been a designer for a long time. I know a lot about accessibility standards, WCAG, mm-hmm. you know, 2.0, 3.0, you know, whatever. Like if I write about what I know there, I'm talking to a very small audience of people that are A, interested in that and B, might be interested in what I know because it's a little bit less than there or we're about at the same thing, right? I might have a, a, a geeky insight about something. Yeah. However- But here's the psychological when, benefits. When, Sorry, when I don't I, mean- but, No, no, no. But what I'm saying is that when I write about, <laughs> when I write about why I care about it, and why I think it's important, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is a much broader audience. So it's what I care about. Yeah. It's stuff I know, but it's what I care about too. Yeah. But sure. you, we have sure. to kind of paraphrase this for like 
a little bit because when you, A, when you're starting from a place where you've never written anything before, writing what you know is a safer and easier baby step into this big world of personal branding. And yes, it might be a super niche, super kind of like who would really read this aside from other people in my industry. But by publishing your first article with something that you know feels safe, it gives you the, the, the wet toes, as it were, in the pool to go further in and di- dive deeper into, into it. Because writing yeah. is not a natural yeah. habit for m- most people. And writing what you care about is even, you know, it's a difficult thing to even cons- uh, talk about verbally with sometimes without even f- offending family members, for example, or, or getting peers uppity about certain, certain industry standards, you know? Yeah. So yeah. this is where I'm coming from because... If you already have a, if you ready write and you ready do this, hell yeah, go go keep being controversial, keep doing these weird little things that gets you standing out. But in the very beginning, you're 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 you don't know what you got, you know, and it takes right. a little bit of confidence yeah. boosting. So it's a psychological thing that I'm par- paraphrasing here. Um, everything you said is correct as well. It's just where are you in the in this journey or the cycle and. If you've never thought about doing a personal brand, which I imagine some of the, our audience has not thought about, um, because they're faced with uncertain times, they're faced with a new remote world that they haven't, you know, really thought about much before. Yeah. And so this is kind of the information that I'm I'm projecting out to get you thinking about the remote world and how this all relates back to making you a professional that stands out, stands the test of time, and stands, you know, when when good things happen in your industry and when bad things happen in your industry, because now you are playing on a worldwide scale that all, all your other, you know, profession and professional peers are, are not doing whatsoever. Yeah. You know, I think I've seen people opening up and being pretty raw on things like Twitter, which is known for it <laughs> and controversial and fighting with each other. But I think there's a huge difference between writing a few tweets and telling a story. Yeah. And, and I think the, the difference between that and what you're talking about is pretty monumental and it takes, it takes some practice to get good at it, to tell the arc of a story in a way that people reading it care. And you can weave in some of the, the controversial stuff that you believe in or stuff from your past and, and kind of wrap it up with like, what's the big takeaway? Why should someone reading this want to share this with someone else? You know, how is it useful? It takes it takes practice. And I, and I think your point is right on that the best thing you can do to get better as a writer is to write. <laughs> it's like, you can't just read books about it. You can't take courses on it. You need to actually put your hands on the keyboard and just write. And you need to do it pretty much every day in some shape or form, even if you don't publish and, it. And I also like to make a note because I am a content strategist and like, you know, my background is uh, in blogging and content and all this stuff. But if you are not a natural writer, then maybe record yourself audio, you know, do this yeah, via a podcast. You're a podcaster. Yeah. You know, you don't have to sit down and reinvent the wheel if you're not a writing kind of person. Record it and, you know, trip. We've promoted this uh, product several times on our podcast, but it's literally Descript is a fantastic yeah, yeah. Um, um, tool to use. Us, uh, they should give us commission. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. And <laughs> um, Descript is a fantastic tool to use. You can record your podcast off form, convert it into words, and then edit that way. And my gosh, d- does is that way quicker than perhaps sitting down and looking at a blank page? 
Well, why only do one? I mean, you, you kind of like, Larry, I mean, you've, Oh God. Yeah. I do too many, huh? You, you oh do, yeah. We, like, I mean, again, this is like advanced strategies. We definitely want to repurpose all the content that you're creating. However, it's easier to start a blog because there's so many free start your blog places that you don't just create an account and you're good to go. Like medium, for example, yeah. or LinkedIn, you can it's post totally your free. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if you're trying to push your podcast, it's a little trickier. You got to submit your more work. Yeah. Yeah. You got to submit your RSS feeds and then you have to wait kind of a week. And then it's a whole like, you know, cover art and things like that. Like podcasting can kind of look a little bit like a hairy beast if you're not, if you're super new to this space. Um, And I don't know off the top of my head, a good place other than perhaps YouTube, where you can host these audio clips um, in a manner that is easily distributed. Yeah. Well, Spotify is is starting to do some of this, aren't they? (laughs) I think they're getting Uh, interested in it. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of places that allow for uploading and I think even the short form, but I think it's, it's more about don't getting, don't get precious about the right way to create content, right? If you've got a story to tell, you care about what you're talking about, get it out there some way. I started an article and ended up convincing two very nice gullible people to do a podcast with me uh, about the topic of remote work, right? <laughs> like, I mean, it was, it was, it was a very, you know, yeah. I mean, it was a very, but it was about how do we get the ideas out that we're excited about? And I, I think like the Larry, the thing that, that you and Anna both preach about is measure what works, right? Like, how are you, how are you, how are you benchmarking your success? Yeah, they are people that use lightweight mm-hmm. tools to kind of figure out what to write about. And this is a good technique is they will tweet thoughts, which are just easy to kind of get out really quickly. And if something gets a lot of engagement, like a lot of people are liking it and commenting and, and kind of, you know, retweeting it and so forth, they're like, okay, that's something people seem to care about. Because sometimes you'll tweet something and crickets, right? And you're like, I thought that was interesting, but maybe it's not. And so they'll harvest kind of the, they look at the analytics on Twitter and they're like, okay, they sort it. Those are the top five things that I've said in the last, you know, two months. Those could probably be good articles. Maybe I should take that and kind of flesh it out and publish it on my blog or medium or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You definitely want to, uh, you, you definitely want to get clear. And this is again, a little bit of a later strategy. Once you kind of get your writing chops, I think you want to get a little bit clearer where, where you you want your career to go. Who do you want to hire you? Do are you want, do you want recruiters to find you? Do you want big companies to find you? Do you want a startup to find you? How are you, how do you, who do you want to work with? Who are you getting, yeah. ha- having fun yeah. with? Do you just want more speaking engagements, um, conferences? A- anybody can take their professional career to new heights, you know, and each, each situation, each industry is going to be unique to you. So I like the Twitter idea, but we have to kind of also keep in mind who's retweeting this. Is it, is it the wrong demographic? Yeah, that's a good um, question. Yeah. Who do you, who do you most want to reach and what is your goal? Cause I think that's an important one. Yeah. This comes back to your brand point. I see people writing about stuff all over the place. They're like one minute they're writing about programming. Then they're writing about being a parent. Then they're writing about, you know, being a foodie. And it's like, that's fine. I mean, if that's what you want to do for fun and people can go for it. But if you're trying to, Anna's is, point, 
get somebody's attention, you got to figure out like, well, what is my professional brand and how does my writing reflect what I'm about? So the right people reach out to me. And I want to, I want to kind of put a a note there. It's actually, you can get really creative um, on these certain topics. For example, I would, I would suggest sit down and figure out what are the three top things you want to be known for. And if you have secondary things, great, but you know, those are the three arching themes in your, in your career. And for example, if you are a parent and you do want to talk about this, see how you can take that story that you're thinking about rattling around your head and tie it back into the three things that you want to talk about. So this really helps you give you flexibility about the different sort of uh, aspects of our lives that people do care about, you know, but is related to the three things that you want to be known for. The biggest problem is that we just shoot, it's, it's almost like your content, you just shoot it around in the dark and you're talking about whatever, like, like, like what Larry said, what pizza you ate that day, but it has nothing to do with, with the people who's following you. So you can, you can be real creative on all the different topics. Just make sure it's coming back to the core principles that you want to get. So you're saying like audience quality, like how do you, how do you get the, like, is it better to have a million followers that just amplify or is it better to have like a hundred thousand followers that actually like engage and care about what you, you yeah, do? Yeah. Right. You know, it's interesting because I've been in the podcast industry for so long. And one of the things that I used to do was a podcast guest pitching. And it's quite interesting, the sort of level of engagement you would say that has, you know, the, one of the top 10 podcasts, you know, every the the hosts have seen every pitch imaginable and you eventually develop you know good relationships with these people but you bring guests on and they have their little freebie and nobody nobody downloads it because despite the large audience you know 10,000 listeners 100,000 right. listeners however you get them on to super niche podcasts or very small following perhaps less than 500 listeners and they end up getting a better um, return on their investment or conversion based on sure. that you know bigger yeah. isn't always better in this space and it, it comes back to like what are your goals you know do you need everybody to love you or you just need a small sp- piece of the pie right. to yeah. to get to know you and and really start uh, being your, your champions, you know, in the, in the industry. And I think to Anna's point, I mean, this, I write on medium, for example, and I've started almost five years ago and a lot of my clients have come through my writing. I mean, it, it, what Anna is talking about, it actually, it does work. And because I talk about certain topics in a certain way, it connects with the right people. And those are the people who like what I have to say and they want to work with me. And then other people are like, yeah, don't care. And it's like, that's fine. They're not the people who want to work with me. So it's, if you're writing stuff you care about and you're talking about in a way that's kind of passionate and and reflects your beliefs and that kind of stuff, there are going to be people that are turned off by it. And that's fine. Those, those are not the people you want to work with anyway. They're not the people that want to, you want to hire you anyway. The people that read it and go, I like that. I like the way you think. I like what you had to say. That's your audience. Those are the people you want to connect with and be happy if it's a small fraction because, yeah, you can't be all things to all people. And there's a big part, too, I want to say that um, uh, there's pushback sometimes when you've been a professional for the last 20, 30 years, right? There's been pushback. It's like, I don't really have anything to say or I don't know why I want to do this or what, what would be the benefit to me, right? And the benefit really, you know, 
circling back to the very beginning. It's it's elevating your career where you become untouchable in in a world where everybody yeah. can find it, where there's basically no borders right That's now. Right. You know, and so if you are ready to retire and you're completely okay with you know ending your career at the age of 65 or at 60 or whatever that age is, then by all means, do what you want to do. But if you're at 40, um, a surprising statistic actually came, um, I have to find the survey, but basically uh, women's earning potential caps out, like they hit a ceiling at the age of 40 mm-hmm. when it comes to their earning potential. And when it comes to men, it's around early early 50s to mid 40s. And this is even worse in the tech yeah, sectors. That's right. So if you're in tech, if you're 38, now is the time to start building the personal brand yeah, because you're right. going to hit a financial <laughs> ceiling. It's true. You know, you really are going to hit a financial ceiling. And what are you going to do when you're 45 and still have 20 plus years of work left in you? You know, um, we got to be smart with the time we have. You know, I'm I'm early, early late 20s, early 30s, and the the prospect that I only have 10 years of real to maximize my career potential is frightening. That's not a lot of time. And if you start your personal brand and you get to be the top 1% in your industry, Mm -hmm. you'll never have to worry about that problem because you set the heights, you set the ceiling. That's right. But, but it doesn't, you don't have to, like, it's not over. Like I'm, I'm, I'm older than 45 you're um, done, Trip. You're so I'm done. done. <laughs> like that crystal on my done, hands. But take it to done, the gallows. I'm to go get a shovel and dig my grave. Yeah, somebody t- I'm waiting for them to show up and take me out behind the shed. Uh, the the uh, but but I think that's the thing about. Okay, so maybe 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 I'm not big on the Twitter, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> but there are platforms that like I do have an audience, right? And I do and I do get to speak and. Yeah. and People seek me out and there's work that goes into that, but I see the benefits even, even in my late forties of doing that. And you're right. Sure. I, and I feel increasingly like more empowered in my career, the more I've done that because people have, they've known my work or they've known what I care about or what I talk about, yeah. or they yeah. like the way that I think. Yeah. Just imagine a world where people are just knocking on your door at all, all intervals of your life, and you never have to submit a resume it's into a stupid like little being an autom- opportunity magnet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at you! Is somebody is somebody shouting headlines, uh, taglines now? <laughs> drink, drink, everybody. Uh, you know, I was going to make a point that you know, for some folks who are listening and thinking, okay, I don't care. I don't care about that. I don't care about this. It's like writing skills as a communication method is going to help you in your career every day because we're always writing emails. We're writing messages in Slack. People are texting. We're communicating. We're communicating. And so to your point of developing your writing skills and helping your career, even if you never publish a single article, if you're able to explain a point of view in an email better than other people. If you're able to have a clever kind of slack communication where you get to the point and you're persuasive more than other people, that's going to help your career. And that's, that's writing skills. And in this new remote world, we can't always be doing live video chats and, you know, things like that. So it, whether you like it or not, writing is going to be a primary communication method 
in this new remote world. It just is. It's asynchronous and it's it's ubiquitous. Damn it. Like have a voice, like have some flavor in what you're writing. Uh, cause there's, there's so many, you know, as a hiring manager or as a, as a professional or whatever, when I, I look at a lot of people that are trying to pitch themselves, uh, and I would say nine and a half out of 10 of them tell me the exact same thing about why they're special and different. It's like almost point by point <laughs> because that's what everybody says. That's pretty funny. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. Gra- like have a point of view and add some flavor to it. Get my attention, you know, whether I'm a client or a hiring manager or whatever. So I know sometimes this can be overwhelming and, you know, trying to learn how to do personal branding, try to learn how to become a better writer, you know, writing for communication and all that kind of stuff and understanding content strategies. Anna was talking about, so, I mean, there are ways to get help. And Anna is one of those people that could certainly help you. Anna, where can people learn more about how to work with you and the kind of services you provide? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn at Anna Kudina. Um, or you can go to my website at uh, AnnaChromatic.com. It's currently under construction because I'm trying to rebuild, remodel some things. But, you know, it'll be there when you find it. Perfect. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean... So much like win in working with Anna, like so much of what we've done in the last year with this and how we've rolled things out, like again and again and again, it's like Anna, like it's annoying how often she's right about stuff. Like, like how, like all the early oh, titles. You, are you, are you? Like what? titles? Yeah, all the yeah. early titles. I'm, I'm going to save this clip. Albie, I'm going to say Albie this clip this. so there's hard. A, there's a, there's a fiber it. in it. For it. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. So g- go follow Anna. Reach out to Anna. She's an expert. If you need to, if you need to get your voice out there, you need somebody that can help you. Like she's, she's the one. Um, but just like Larry said, getting started one foot in front of the other. Getting, it, getting those ideas and those words down to the page. Those better days and better opportunities are ahead. Ship you a rattlesnake. <laughs>